from Rain Associates Remote, Newark, Ohio studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader and help your organization thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, please visit our website at www.raycpa.com slash podcast and sign up for updates. It's April 9 as we're recording today's episode. And once again, so we've got another Zoom recording for you, but that's more than okay. We are both committed to flattening the curve and providing you with valuable business insight and expertise. On this episode of Unsuitable, we are going to analyze the foreign language of business, which is particularly relevant as there continues to be a lot of technical speak occurring in the areas of tax and accounting, and there is no shortage of business owners who are trying to make sense of this current economic environment in an effort to sustain and manage their businesses. Today's guest is going to help us out. Peter Margaritas, also known as the Accidental Accountant, is the author of Improv is No Joke and Taking the Numb Out of Numbers, host of the Change Your Mindset podcast and the Change Your Mindset speaking demonstration on C-Suite Radio, which I love, and author of a ton of other great content, at petermargaritas.com. Today, he's going to explain how those of us who are used to communicating in tech-speak can be more effective to our clients and others we are trying to reach. Welcome to Unsuitable, Peter. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about this. Good. I'm, I'm so glad um, you could join us today remotely and appreciate you uh, Doing so, I always prefer, obviously, to be be in the room with with a, a guest, uh, but we'll we'll make do. And I'm sure you're a veteran, so you, you certainly understand that as well, right? Exactly, exactly. So you're you're th- this topic is is near and dear to my heart because I've I've had sort of a, a roundabout career myself, having spent time not only in public accounting but in in corporate banking. Uh, and as a private industry CFO. And it, it's always, I know, frustrated me to no end that when you get in front of quote-unquote experts, you hear a lot of acronyms and business speak and tech speak. So talk to me a little bit about how you, you got um, passionate about this topic and, and where you started. Well, I didn't get into the accounting profession until I was 30 years old. Okay. Uh, I, I went to the university. I'm Greek. Uh, Greek American, and I really should be in a restaurant. And I was for a good portion of my, from 12 years old through college and even after college. And then I was a, became a corporate banker in the Florida marketplace. And then I migrated up to Case Western or my master's of accountancy and then started my public accounting with PW at that time. Okay. And I, I, ha- I, I learned the language of accounting and it is a foreign language because Doug, did you learn accounting, the language of accounting in, in an eight-hour seminar? 
No, no, absolutely not. We had to invest a lot of time in to understand that language. Right. But I was seeing this when trying to communicate, because I used to be that guy with a client and they're looking at me like, oh, right. And, and, and it wasn't until, uh, my, my girlfriend at the time, fiance, I come, you know, we get together and she goes, how was your day? And I would tell her, she goes, quit talking Chinese to me. I have no idea what you said. <laughs> and I yeah. just kind of laughed at her. And then, you know, when somebody says it 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 times, but you know what? I do speak a foreign language. Right. So I have to become a better translator of that language because the information that we're trying to share with our clients and clients being external clients, as well as our internal clients. Yeah. We want them to act on it. Absolutely. And too many of our clients are going, oh, I don't, please, I'd rather watch grass grow. I, you're, 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 you're providing this data information, yep. but there's no story there. Right. And we need to create a story because I think you would agree with this. Numbers by themselves don't move on their own. Right. Absolutely. People make the numbers move. So when, when something increases or decreases by a, a percentage that we're, catches us by off guard, find the story. Don't just repeat, well, we fell by 35% and our gross margins have deteriorated and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Why exactly? Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's certainly sage advice. And, and for me, it, it sort of clicked as I started spending more and more time in in front of clients and, and for me, particularly uh, being part of the, the construction segment, the thing I love about uh, contractors in general, they're always fairly transparent and straightforward. So I, I vividly remember this back in the day, you know, going out and, and probably talking in circles around, around the topic that needed addressed. And, you know, finally he stopped me and he said, what in the hell are you trying to tell me? You know, and, and you you realize you're using all this uh, you know all the all this kind of corporate accounting speak or or corporate finance speak and and not getting to the point that that they can understand. So so you're sort of like the the Google Translate for for accountants. Is that is that it? I'm you. Thank you. I'm gonna, I'm going to use that moving forward. I like that. I, I, I try <laughs> I try to be and, and I'm, I I used to be that guy, but I, I I so I'll give you an example. I was doing an NA update for the Arizona Society of CPAs back in 2014. And at the time, consolidations of VIEs was going through another iteration, another thousand pages or whatever. And the meeting planner wanted me to address it. Night before, I'm looking at my presentation, look at my slides, go, oh my God, there's just words. There's nothing else there. So right. I, I, I said, think about it. What are they really trying to do? What, what, well, they're trying to take something from over here and put it over here, but over here doesn't want it. They're trying to move some, oh, they're trying to move something. So I came up with this idea. Right. So when I put the, the, the title slide up, Consolidation VAs, I saw everybody in the audience do what I expected, reach for their phones and begin to do the conference prayer. (laughs) I love that. Yes. So I said, wait, I've been here a couple of times. Let me just do just some quick questions for the audience. I said, this is, Play with me here. I said, there was about 200 CPAs in the eyes. I said, how many of you are married? Raise your hands. They all raised their hands. Yeah. How many of you have a mother-in-law? And their hands stayed up. I said, I want you to think of your mother-in-law as a variable interest entity. And your spouse wants their mother to move into your house. 
<laughs> Let me rephrase that. Your spouse wants their mother to consolidate onto your balance sheet. And that's the last thing you want to do. Right. And by the way, your mother has six children and you would rather them, we'll call them agents. You would rather your mother spend two months out of the year with each one of them so no one has control and we don't have to consolidate. There you go. Easy, easy way to think about it, right? Easy way to think. And, and it went from the conference prayer to leaning forward to laughter going. And for those who are in the audience, I, go, I know I have a really cool last name, but when I've, when people have met me over the years, that I was at that, yeah, you're the mother-in-law guy. <laughs> I love I, it. I won. I, that, that's the best compliment I could get. And it's how do we take the complexity and bake it down into something that's relatable to our audience? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that because if you, if you don't communicate clearly when you're doing that, like you said, then the execution falls apart. So, you know, so oftentimes you get, you get in the room with, with certain folks and they, they always want to sound like the smartest person in the room. And then instead they make it so nobody can relate to them. So exactly. That's, that's no good for anybody. Talk to me about some of the the biggest challenges you have or that you see with with accountants uh, as a whole in in terms of trying to bridge that gap because so many of us are are thought to think very technically you know and, and not really uh, work on those communication skills so what what's the t- the biggest hurdle you see with with CPAs? I, I with CPAs and I see a lot with anybody trying to deal with clients is it's about me, not about them. And it's it, that my mindset should change to be it's about my audience and not so much about me. I don't have time to put this presentation together. No, no, that's about you. That's not about the audience. And when I do a workshop on this, I'll ask the audience, have you ever taken an eight hour CPE class that you were just bored to death with? that you didn't get anything done and you got your hours, but you walked out with nothing between your ears new. You remember how you felt? Remember that the next time you do a presentation and put yourself back in that chair and make that person excited to be in that chair. Yeah. Uh, talking about the audience, you said construction. So I, I, I speak accounting. I, I speak general accounting. I, I don't speak very much construction accounting. And I did a four-hour pre-conference workshop for the Construction Finance Management Association last year. Mm, yeah. I mentioned. Yep. And I spent probably 18 hours with one of the instructional designers learning construction accounting, construction accounting lingo, so I could relate to the audience. But if I would have just come in with my general accounting knowledge and didn't put it into the context that they would understand, they're walking out with still nothing. Right. So... Think always think about your audience first. Always think about one: do they understand the language of accounting? Yeah. Two: absolutely. if they do, are they specialized in some aspect in accounting? And if they don't, then how can you? Well, in all cases, how can you boil it down to something simple? But when you work with those folks, like in sales and HR, you really have to drop the accounting speak because that's, that, that's you become an anesthesiologist at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. At least, at least you don't scribble on the page, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so you, like me, spent uh, some time in in corporate banking as well. So, what did you notice about the difference, say, in in banking or finance uh, versus accountants, and and how they 
try to uh, communicate? Do you notice a lot of the same same issues, or were they different? Uh, they were different back in the day in Florida in the mid '80s. The loan officer was required to send information to the credit analyst and then analyze it together and then go out and work with the customer. But the loan officer is more of a salesperson. Gotcha. And But they could understand and be able to present and communicate with their customers. That's where I see the big difference because they had the mindset of they're in sales, they're trying to drive business. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, you know what? Aren't we all in sales? Right. And it's not a bad word. It's actually the more that we accept the fact that the way we communicate, the way we make people feel is part of sales. And the more that we can communicate effectively to that audience, to that client, or to that prospect, the likelihood that we'll be able to bring them in to the firm and become a client versus if your client or your prospect is confused, uh, they're out looking for another accounting firm. Right. Absolutely true. I, I think you bring up a great point. Um, I, I, my mentor long ago taught me this uh, right away. He said, "Doug, keep in mind you're in sales every day." And I said, "What do you mean? I don't, you know, I don't have revenue goals, or you know, I was just starting out." And he said, "Look, you're either selling internally, or you're selling externally, or you're promoting uh, your your company or your firm's brand by how you present yourself and and." Who you are, so that is all selling, and and that kind of really clicked for me, you know. And and but again, it goes back to the communication. If you can't communicate it well, then you know somebody's going to look at you like you have three heads, right? Right. And, and to that point of you're asking how can CPAs become better communicators, is one think outside of forty hours and invest into yourself to become a better communicator. I look at I look at forty hours and public accounting practices, that, that's an area to work on your technical knowledge. Some also within the leadership skills, the people skills, but learning doesn't stop at 40. You kind of continue to invest, especially if it's something brand new that you're trying to become better at because you know that you're going to fail, you're going to hit walls, but you got to keep getting past it until you get to proficiency just as we did learning the art of accounting. Absolutely, yeah. So different. And, he, and and it goes, you know, it can change on a dime too. I mean, look at us today. Here we are remote, right? So right. We, we have Zoom meetings. Everybody's doing this during the midst of the, the COVID-19 crisis. So that image is, it can be very different. You know, all of a sudden we're seeing each other's home offices and, and all this personal space. So that becomes a part of it too, right? How do you, how do you sort of navigate all of these things? If you're a, you know, if you're a typical CPA or, or something like that. Uh, I, I'm working right now with a, with an accountant, uh, a client here locally. And we were talking about this and I said, he goes, we started, he goes, you know, I'm working, I'm get, trying to get used to this. Um, uh, my dog might bark. My kids might come into the room. And right. I went, that's fine. We've all been thrust into this and it's not, it's not our offices. We have other things and, and also our family members. I got two FTEs, new FTEs upstairs, a 19-year-old son and my wife. I need to put my 19-year-old son on, on warning or, or performance review. And every time I delegate something to my <laughs> wife, she's got this other business she's trying to work on and taking up my internet speed. And right. But that's the world that we live in right now. Yeah. So don't, you know, if you get ready to go into a meeting, just you might just say, you know what, my dog might bark. Somebody might walk in. 
just ignore it. And, and I'm trying to keep it as quiet as possible. But right now it's a little tough and just kind of accept that will happen and just move forward. Yeah, I think more than anything, it's how you react to those things, right? Rather right. than the fact that they occur. It's, it's again, how you, how you sort of present yourself and, and react uh, to those things. So, so talk to me a little bit about the, the books you've written and, and what got you passionate about, about communicating in, in that way. Well, I, I, I've asked that, had that question asked to me before. Like I said, I'm Greek American. So I come from a very gregarious background, family. You know, I, I, if I, the only way to get me to stop talking is to sit on my hands. And my first day at Price Waterhouse, I walked into their office and somebody took all the air out. <laughs> and I, 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 so there's, you know, when they're selling their, their recruits on what the firm is and then what the firm is. And it was like, what happened here? And, and yeah. I just, became passionate about, wait a minute, what we're doing, I had to, one, I had to learn public accounting, deal with clients, uh, and the technical side of it, which that's why I'm the accidental accountant. Technical, I like the sign. Yes, I see that. Te- te- uh, being, being the, my, my boss at, at a Fortune 500 company basically told me, how in the heck did you ever become a CPA? Because a CPA can get down to this detail. I can get you this far. You're an accidental accountant. And I wore that with honor because I also said, when you want something done in this building, who do you ask to get it done? Because I realized building relationship, boy, I, I realized that we have a stereotype. Whether, sure. we, whether we want to believe it or not, but the people outside believe it. There's a stereotype. Absolutely. And you yep. said you were CFO or CF no? Uh, <laughs> a little of both, a little actually. Bit, a, a little bit of both. <laughs> and when the accountant within an organization shows up to sales, to HR, to IT, the, the person there naturally is defensive, especially if they don't know you. And you're looking for information, they might not be forthcoming with it. What I realized early on is if I could build relationships within the silos of an organization and they see me as, oh, hey, here comes Pete versus, isn't that that accountant guy from finance coming in here asking questions again? Right. Build that relationship and they will give you information. Yeah. You, you become trustworthy, but you have to extend and start meeting people and, and accepting who they are and have them understand you. Um, then you can get all the information in the world. So that is what really drove the passion. And I've kept that passion and fire going on for, for quite a long time. Yeah. And that's, and that's quite evident. You can see it in, in, you know, the, the way you talk about the the topic and, and uh, the industry. And I think that's fantastic to, to maintain that. So um, what do you see as we all kind of sort of wonder what the new normal is going to look like here, right? Post-crisis, more, is that going to be more telecommuting, uh, probably uh, certainly other things that, that will be involved. How do you, how do you sort of pivot uh, to adapting these ways to communicate and, and bridge that gap if you've got to do so remotely. In other words, I've always found it easier, obviously, to be sitting across the table or out somewhere with somebody. But boy, this, this Zoom thing and the remote conference calls and that, that's, that's more challenging. It is much more challenging, but you're a lot more comfortable today than you were two weeks ago. True. Uh, I, I do 90% of my podcast uh, through Zoom, so I've gotten pretty proficient with Zoom. Okay, uh, and I've always, I've helped other people become more proficient in it, and we have to become more proficient with the technology. Prior to this pandemic, 
the big disruptor was technology. Mm. Um, artificial intelligence will crunch the numbers for us and provide us here. Here's your high risk areas. Go look at those. Here is your medium and low risk versus having to go into the bowels of and pulling out files and stuff. Even at that point, we need to become better communicators because we're more of a consulting role versus yes. a bean counting stereotypical role of the accountant. Right. And I've said, if you want to differentiate yourself from everybody else while the other firms invest time to become better communicators. Absolutely and, true. And now invest time to become technologically sound in a remote world with the technology we have. And if you have a, a, a modem that has only 35 megabytes per second, you've got to upgrade. Right. You, you get, because I don't, I, I, I see that this is going to continue it, when we do get to the, wherever, when that other site actually is, we're back to somewhat normalcy. Right. We'll, a lot of people get accustomed to remote working. Yeah. And they might actually be even more productive than we ever imagined before. Right. Right. But you still have to be able to, and, and I can see it with you, you know, you, as we talked about, that passion comes across, you know, that, that ability to listen and, and connect with your uh, audience that comes across even on a, a Zoom call. And, and I'm sure it would on a conference call too. So I think it's, again, you brought up a great point earlier, be, be mindful of your audience. Always think of your audience first. That's, that's a great point. And everybody in this world should take an improv workshop because if everyone in this world took an improv workshop, it would be a much nicer world because, <laughs> because in improv, it teaches us to listen, to be present in the moment. Uh, when this all occurred, I put in my, my email signature line, improvise the scene that you are in, not the one you want to be in. That's great advice. I love that. And that helps in this disruptive world even more so now is just focus on the present. Just yeah. be focused. And how can I be the best during this period of time? Tomorrow's a whole new day. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. I love that. Yeah, that's great. So uh, one last question sure. I've got to ask you, since you're a veteran podcast host yourself, What's what's the favorite podcast moment that you've had with with any of your guests? Anything come to mind? Oh, I interviewed a gentleman. Uh, his name is Dave Caperton, and Dave is a professional speaker, uh, former English teacher. Does I used to do stand up? Used to be on Sunday ninety five. Just a very very funny guy, and I interviewed him on his book, uh, something about joy, and. I, this is one of the few podcasts I go back and listen to almost regularly because we had such, he had such good content. He made me laugh and felt so good. And probably I, I rank him as my number one guest. And I've got like, I think I've done 155 episodes to date. Love that. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I agree with you. The, the ones that I uh, are most memorable are the ones that I think back and, you know, the conversation just flowed and, you know, it doesn't seem like, work. You're just getting to know the, the person and having some fun and learning a little bit at the same time, right? Right. And, and the second one I can think of is, and he's a friend of, uh, friend of your firm. You may know the guy, uh, some guy named Jerry Esselstein. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I interviewed Jerry at his house. He was in a recliner. I was in a recliner and we we're just sitting there having this conversation. And it, it was it was a ton of fun. 
That's, that's awesome. I know his brother, Rick as well. Rick's, Rick's a great guy also. So runs in the family. <laughs> yeah. He's a great guy. Well, Peter, good luck with uh, everything. And I appreciate you being on good luck with the other FTs uh, in your house as well. <laughs> I, I feel the, uh, I feel the pain there. I've got some uh, adult children that are now home that I didn't expect to be home right now. So dealing with those FTs myself, but and I love the new moniker that we have for you. You're the Google Translate for CPAs. Yeah, so. I'm the Google Translate for CPAs. I love that. Cool. Well, thanks again for being on. And if you want more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 